everyone. Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my pleasure to welcome the person. This person really needs no introduction, but Jennifer Chung. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Um, you've been so gracious with me, like transitioning to my new home and being patient with me. But I've been really looking forward to this. Yes, me too. No, it really is my honor. Um, it's really crazy. I think we were just talking about it before we started recording. But um, so just a little background from my side. Uh, <laughs> Jennifer and I, like, uh, we met briefly a couple times when we went to UCI together in college. Um, my roommate, Grace, was like, were you guys in the same, like, ministry or something? I don't even know how yeah, you guys Yeah, was it CCM? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> And then, um, yeah, we met briefly then. Um, and then all of a sudden, she showed up in Atlanta. And I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> I asked myself the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm sure you can tell us that story in a little bit. But before I get into the details of your life, um, yeah, Jennifer, could you tell me what is it that you do? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think like a, a umbrella term could be multi-hyphenate slash creative entrepreneur. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm an actor. I actually do social media management strategy with a few brands or do consulting. Um, but I recently founded a company called Today Worthy where I do life and creative coaching. And we've built a community online. So even if they're not my one-on-one -on -one clients, we have a private community where we do like monthly calls and just... Uh, be there for one another and create a safe space. That's amazing. Um, I definitely want to talk about all of the things, um, but I'm I'm trying to think where to even get started. But <laughs> um, you know, for me, if you don't mind, like even just going back to the beginning. So this is what I remember of Jennifer Chung in 2007. Okay, it was like YouTube was just getting like like really popular as far as like just people putting themselves out there creatively I think and then um I remember like someone showed me a video of you and this other guy singing these Disney songs do you remember this I mean I have a few videos so I'm I'm imagining which okay it was like it was like a contest or something okay yeah it was probably the little mermaid yes yes um, that was it yeah, yeah Give us your that voice was it. Contest. Mm -hmm. and I was like this girl is so good and really ballsy like <laughs> you know first of all like your presence on this YouTube video was like demanding and I you're just looking straight into the camera and I was like who is this girl and then someone said she goes here to UCI and I'm like okay like is she <laughs> like okay is she, this do we have a Broadway thing here like do we have a musical thing here but like at UCI what did you study I was a theater major. You were? The okay, see, I was, yeah. like, completely clueless on that so, world. So, in UC Irvine, there's, like, UC Irvine, and yeah. then there's the School of the Arts, which is, like, connected separately. So, we were definitely away from everyone else. Oh, I did not know you were a theater major. Yeah, I was a theater major. That's awesome. So, do you recall this, like, the YouTube stuff that I'm talking about? Yeah, so, when I was a freshman in college, 
broadwayworld.com was doing a give us your voice contest because the little mermaid musical was going to be on broadway uh-huh and the grand prize winner would get to go to new york watch the musical they'd be treated by them you get to see the uh, album recording and meet alan Menken, who's the composer of all the disney classics and i just put my name in the running by submitting this video and i got you know everyone's support to vote for me and by that time i created like a small community of followers and supporters on YouTube and they would vote for me. And I ended up winning that year and I got to go to New York for free for the wow. first time. And yeah. And I was 17. Maybe I was 18 at that point, but I remember going to the studio and watching them record and meeting Alan Menken and thinking like, wow, you could do anything you put your mind to. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. you know, that was that was before experiencing like all the hardships it takes to be an artist. But um, it was a great kickstart to my college career. Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting what you just said, like acknowledging all the hardships. And I feel like um, for me personally, I'm kind of excited to hear about your journey Um a little more in detail just because you know i think on the out outside if you don't know anything right it's like it looks like oh they just get to make music all day right <laughs> like or or like oh they get to like you know play all day but i know that it's it's <laughs> much harder work than that alone um so I guess, could you take me back to the beginning? Like, did you, so clearly you study, you decided to study um, theater because you wanted to be a performer. Am I right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So I come from a very atypical Korean background where my mom is a dance teacher. Um, she actually like got her master's in modern dance. Um, and my dad was a comedian turned singer turned activist. But at the time I, so I was born in Korea, and when we moved to America, it was because my dad got a radio job as a DJ. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and then my mom opened a Korean dance studio in the Bay Area. Um, my parents split when we were really young, but I grew up doing Korean traditional dance with my mom and performing all the time. So the stage was a very familiar place. Um, so I grew up dancing, but my real passion, I think, was singing. Mm. And because of singing, I got into musicals. So I would do musical productions in high school. I was also like jazz band singer, all those things. And the thing is like, my mom was a single mom in the Bay Area, which is very mm. expensive, raising two kids on her own, my brother and I. And I just knew it was going to be a really rocky road ahead of me if mm. I wanted to pursue art. And a part of me really didn't want to do it because I didn't want to live the life that we were living um, we moved physically every year just to stay in the good school district. Um, and I was just surrounded by people who had normal jobs and like mm. had their parents together, but this was all I knew. Right. So for me, like going into school, I was interested in studying theater because I knew I loved it. Yeah. And I felt like if I was going to go to school for something, it should be something that I'm going to enjoy so I could see it through. Wow, that's amazing. I feel like um, what you said, though, that like moment of, you know, is this the life that I want, the one that I'm living right now, but yet you boldly decided that this is something I love. It takes a lot of courage. And 
I admire that a lot. That's really awesome. So Thank you, you, yeah. I mean, so okay. So you start studying at UCI, mm-hmm. and um, what was that like? What What is it like to be a theater major? I have no idea. So here's the thing: like the summer before college was when I uploaded my first YouTube video. Okay, and it was because I moved from my hometown to another city in the Bay Area, and I didn't drive. And the summer before college is when you're supposed to hang out with all your friends, but uh, I couldn't because I didn't have a car. And so I started recording YouTube videos just for fun, just to share my music. And my friends would say, oh, we miss hearing you sing. And then um, slowly it started like picking up steam. And then I went to UCI and I could tell like people were recognizing me, like saying that they watched my videos and stuff. Um, So in the midst of that, I was going to school and I was studying theater. You know, you take acting classes, you take classes about like, um, like, like playwriting, Hmm. you learn a lot of things. But um, when it comes to, if you want to focus on being an actor, there are different routes that you can take. Like I personally thought I was gonna get a BFA in musical theater, like that's what I wanted to pursue. But because YouTube had continued giving me opportunities to perform, every weekend I, I would be performing somewhere. So it'd be like Monday through Thursday, I'm at school. Friday, I would fly out to another college and I'd perform on a Saturday, come back Sunday. And that was oh, like school. Because wow, wow. at that time, like a lot of like Asian American organizations would book me to perform. Because in California, as you know, there's a lot more Asian Americans. Yes. And so we're spoiled with a lot of representation in terms of our community, like in our community, maybe not in like mainstream media, but we I'd get flown out to like Florida, Texas, Chicago to perform for these student unions that represent Asian Americans so that took up a lot of my time and I started songwriting in college with Johnny who lived in my dorm room oh my goodness okay Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah so I I like did everything that I could when it came to doing as much theater as I could like I was in a few productions but I was constantly on the go and on top of that like I'm sure you know as a UC Irvine alum that the dance community is strong there too. And I was yeah. on an exhibition hip hop dance team too. <gasps> so I was just everywhere. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, okay, so I have a question about your YouTube like start. So like at what point were you like, oh, this is taking off? <laughs> well, there was a video cover I did of No One by Alicia Keys. Uh-huh. And it it was my first video to hit like a million views. What? <laughs> and it and it was because it was featured on like a hip hop website. Oh and they my were like, gosh! Check out this Asian girl singing Alicia Keys. They didn't say I was good. They didn't say I was bad. They just said check out this Asian girl. Okay. So I I, I do think I was like in the brink and the early start of Asian American or Asian in general singers on YouTube. Yeah, no, no. I mean, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, so okay. Um, I mean, you. I mean, you can choose to be as transparent as you want at this moment. But I, yeah, I mean, I'm curious. Like, so this happens, and like, what was like, kind of the emotions that came over you in that moment? It was like exciting. Uh huh. But it's also scary. Because there's a lot of people that are like keeping their eyes on you that may not want the best for you, right? 
Sure. Yeah. It was an early start to the criticism that you get for putting yourself out there. Uh, the haters. Mm-hmm. The haters or even like people who are just not used to seeing representation of Asians. Really? You know? Yeah. I would get comments like, oh, you'd be so good if you didn't have that accent. But I'm like, Stop. I don't have an accent. Stop but then it. they're just they're just hearing what they want to here or they're hearing what they see so honestly i think if i'm i'm honest like i'm just i'm so sheltered and naive right i know that it happens but like i'm like why do people have to be like this but anyways (laughs) that's for another podcast i think but (laughs) (laughs) no but it was it was like an early experience of like i mean that's like mild right right that's a mild version of like the things that people hear online and it's always a risk to share what you've got going on, whether or not you're a singer. Mm. If you're in the public eye, if you're sharing what you're doing, there are going to be people who say things that aren't as helpful. And it's up to you to decide if you're going to let that stop you or if it's going to make you stronger. So when these things happen, I'm, you know, I'm sure in the the outset of it, like, it made you feel a certain way. Um, how did you like overcome or how did do are you is your personality more like forget it it doesn't matter I'm do what I want or did you have someone to talk to or you know it's hard because I would say my closest friends were not creatives Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there was something about like me needing a break from that Mm -hmm. I I only work with people who I genuinely love and like care for just because we're always creating something and that's precious to me. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, there are certain people who would only hang out with artists as, as an artist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that just wasn't my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to learn from other people, but it also made it lonely, right? Because they wouldn't understand what I'm going through. But I also made friends with other YouTubers, other musicians, but I've learned early on that I'm not a competitive person. Like when it comes to like, I have to beat you, like doesn't motivate me I'm not trying to be number one right right I'm trying to trying to live as myself and survive yeah yeah because my own competition is like me at my lowest the times I struggled and so when I look at my life now and I measure success I'm measuring as to like how am I feeling how am I doing yes yes because nobody lived my life. And I'm not saying it, I'm special. No one has lived your life. Yeah. So we can't even compare because I'm not even going to sit down and try to explain to you like every little thing that's happened. Right. And to see if it even compares. Right, it doesn't. Right. It, it never will. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Man. Okay. So back on to your journey here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, okay. You kind of, like you said, you're super busy, you know, over the weekends and stuff like that. But so, but you eventually, do you graduate? I don't really know. what you. Yeah. So, okay. so I graduated early and I told myself that I wanted to have like the college experience and I was paying for college myself too. I think that's a huge decision factor as to oh, why wow. I study theater, right? Yeah. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to pay for it, I need to do something I'm going to see through and I'm going to enjoy. Wow. So as a theater major, I was taking out student loans. I got some grants. I got some scholarships, um, but I wanted to study abroad. So I told myself I could only study abroad in Paris if I graduate in three years. (gasps) So I would take 
summer school. I took college credit courses in high school, just preparing for college. And I was just nonstop in school. Wow. And now in hindsight, I was preparing myself to be the creative entrepreneur that I am today. Yeah. Where I'm juggling all these different aspects of creativity. And I didn't know it back then. Back then I felt like this is the only thing I can do if I want to survive. Um, But it was me putting in my 10,000 hours, right? As they say. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's like, man, that early on, you know, in your very, very early 20s, right? It's like you already were setting goals and making plans and knew where you were headed in order for you to graduate in three years and have the life that you have now. Um, So did you go to Paris? I did. I studied abroad in Paris. I didn't know any French. And I made some of my closest friends there. Oh, wow. Like, like even from my like close, close friends, like my girls, like the ones that I see when I go to California, like they all studied abroad to Korea together. Right. Okay. And I was like, I was like, I can go to Korea on my own next time. <laughs> I can go see family. I'm going to Paris. And it was like one of the best things I did because I like made new friends and um, had a different experience. But I think I've always been someone who wanted different things. Mm. But I, I embrace that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there are times when you can feel lonely and there are times where I'm like oh I feel alone in my wants and desires but it's okay to feel different and I still wanted to be close to the people who wanted different things for me too as long as we want the best for each other yes man I mean what you're saying makes perfect sense and is super healthy if only everyone could think the same as that you know sure sure I mean it took the time yeah yeah because we all like work off of insecurity right uh we want to either be like everyone else or not stick out or you want to stick out but (laughs) not too much because then people will bully you um but I think like I've always been a community person Mm -hmm. and going back to me being in the states with my mom my brother we were the only people in our family who are in America, even to this day, I might have one other cousin, but blood related, it was just us. So friends were the family that I chose. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, in the midst of me being in school, being on a dance team, doing theater productions, performing on the weekends, still uploading YouTube videos. I still had, um, like work study jobs. I worked. Did you sleep Jennifer? (laughs) No, I really didn't. I really, Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. I, I think about it back then I would sleep like four hours, I would just be going off of adrenaline. I used to give housing tours, you know? Yeah. Oh, oh so are you backwards. serious right now? Yeah. I would give housing tours. And then towards the end, I was um, a peer counselor at the School of the Arts, which is what helped me connect with like professors who let me take classes early on and graduate early. Wow. Wow. Man. Oh, to be young and so alive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now I'm like, it's time. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. You really did a lot. Of, you did it all. You did a lot of things, which which brings us to today, I feel like, you know, you're still doing it all. You're still doing a lot of things, but you graduate and you go to Paris. And after that, I'm wondering, like, what were your, did you have any plans? What were your new goals post-graduation? Yeah, my plans honestly were to focus on music. I just wanted, I was like, you know what? I think music is the best chance I've got because I've got this following, Um, People support me. They really like my original music. But it was hard. Like, 
after I left my mom to go to college, like it was basically like, good luck. And um, I had to live with roommates in Irvine. I, there was a time where I would work at raw sushi as a hostess, clock out and go to work at lolly cup at a boba shop. And then sometimes I'd work at Sephora and then sometimes I'd perform. Right. And I'd be waiting for these gigs. Cause back then there's no streaming. You could only make money doing shows, tours, selling merch, um, YouTube. Like you couldn't really make money off of that either. If a lot of your views are from covers, cause back then they didn't allow that. Oh, really? So when people are like, Oh, I made a lot of money on YouTube. I got on too early. That's but you know what? God had a plan. So it wasn't no, that it yeah. was too early. It was all about plan. But YouTube, I think the biggest check I got off YouTube was $1,000. But since then, it hasn't been the same. Oh, really? That is so yeah. interesting. I had no yeah. idea. I mean, yeah, people yeah. don't know, I'm sure. But um, Google AdSense didn't exist when I first joined. Okay. When I got my millions of views. Uh-huh. And then now they're majority covers, right? Okay. So and then I'll, I'll get a... Mm-hmm. It comes from ads now is the money making mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So like from now, like I barely upload YouTube videos, but I'll get a check here and there. Um, But I never did it for the money, but Mm -hmm. I did it for the opportunity. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. So the perspective was I'd make more money singing for 30 minutes at a show than I did working a whole month, all these part-time jobs. And like, why did I have these part-time jobs? Because I needed the flexibility to potentially travel to do Mm -hmm. shows I was going crazy. And then I I had an opportunity to move to LA and I was working all these other jobs. I was an ice cream scooper. I was working as a receptionist at a salon. I was a tutor. I was signed under management and I got to record my first album, Four Years and Counting, which is like on Spotify and stuff now. But, and it was like a great opportunity. I got to record at Paramount Studios, but it just felt miserable. Like working all these jobs, just so I can stay in LA, just so I could do music. Yeah, I think I, I I had like a weird situation with my manager where I felt like I was being kind of stifled. Like I had mm-hmm. sold out shows in LA, I had sold out shows in um, San Francisco, but for some reason I couldn't get opportunities to get uh, my music on TV shows and it were like commercials and new sync licensing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a whole thing. And then me feeling like, do I even have what it takes? But I think- the commonality is that people have a really tough time in the early 20s. Yeah. It's just that I was a musician. Right, right. And in I general, wasn't even pursuing, yes. yeah. Across the board, post-graduate graduate life is like, what the heck am I doing? Yeah. And because everyone's told me what to do up until now. And then you have to figure out what to do. And then on top of that, you're like trying to make it for yourself in the music industry, which is a whole nother animal from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Jennifer, if I could interrupt you just real quick, yes. um, just for those like that are listening and I'm curious too, like, so as far as like looking for a manager, like those kinds of things, like how does that process start for a person? People just approach you. Oh, okay. I didn't know where to look. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know where to look. I'm sure there's like other ways that people do it now. I don't have a manager anymore. Mm, okay. okay. I, it got to the point where I was like, I can just do it myself. Right, 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 right. I mean, I these like days, problem- it doesn't yeah. seem there's- like, it seems yeah, possible. probably another level of like people who need a manager. But for me, I'm like, I'm okay right now to manage my own stuff. Okay. But when I was living in LA, I wasn't even pursuing acting at all right I thought that was done after I graduated I see college 
I had desires and dreams of like still being on Broadway and all these things, but I didn't even have the mental capacity to pursue that. Yeah, it sounded and, like yeah. sounds crazy. And I, but, but honestly, Jennifer, listening to it right now, I'm like, dang, girl, like, <laughs> I like I I part of me like loves it because I mean, first of all, it for me, it's like, man, she really wanted it. You know, you really did what you had to do. I mean, to survive, I think, mm-hmm. mostly. But at the same time, like, the willingness to, to survive is, like, is not, let's be real, girl. It's not a common thing these days. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's when people, when young people ask me, like, hey, how do I get my parents to support me in pursuing <laughs> being an artist? You know, yeah. I'm like, what do you mean support you? Right. Like, you just want them, you just want them to like, like be okay with it. Like say, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, the only way that they can get off your back is if you're taking care of your own bills. Yeah. If you're still on your mom's phone plan, you still getting like your car payments paid by your dad. If they're helping you out with rent, I wouldn't trust you either. Dang. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> I mean, let's get, like, no, let's you know get real. I mean? That's true. That's true. And I, and I, yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense to me, too. Like, if you're going to do something, you got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. But okay. So, so I was struggling. Yeah. And I needed to get out. I always say, like, when I lived in Koreatown, Los Angeles, when there was a dark cloud following me. <laughs> And um, I had an opportunity to, I know, I I had an opportunity to go to Korea by doing like this singing competition. Uh And just note, like, I didn't want to be a singer in Korea, just knowing the standards that they have. Sure. I respect it very much. The artists work extremely hard and they're very talented, but it's just different from America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the beauty standards are very crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, And my dad was in the music industry, so... I think a part of him was also hesitant of me like going into it. I see. Yeah. Because when I was a freshman in high school, I was supposed to train in Korea and I was, um, I was supposed to go under SM entertainment. Oh, wow. And I decided I wanted to stay in America. And I think about like how my life would have been completely different. So if I did that. completely yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have shaped me very differently. And I don't know if I would have become the songwriter that I am today. Yeah. I probably sure. would have written different songs, but I'm shaped by the music I grew up listening to in America. So I, I, but then they were like, we're going to give you a round trip ticket. What's there to lose? And you were like, I was like, you know what? I'll take it. Cause I was literally like, what do you want me to do Lord? Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and long story short, um, I got out of the show really quickly. I wasn't sad about it for me. I was like, okay, now what's next? Mm-hmm. I ended up reuniting with my dad after 10 years <gasps> who lives in Korea and oh it was like a gosh. moment of like reconciliation, right? Amazing. That's and amazing. from there, I ended up meeting publishers who I thought weren't interested in my music. And when I met them in person, they said they had never heard it before. And uh, they now release my music for me whenever I do um, have new singles and albums. And they wanted to sign me as an indie artist. And I was teaching English as a private tutor and working at a radio station as a DJ there for um, their, uh, you know, English speaking radio stations. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And then 
I just continued making YouTube videos here and there. And then one day uh, I noticed that someone liked one of my Instagram pictures and Oh, I, this is the story. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uploaded a video on YouTube. I did a cover. I was like, oh, I uploaded the cover. And then I noticed that someone liked the photo. And I saw like, there's like a small profile of uh, a vintage Korean picture of a man. Later, I'd find out it was um, John's dad. John is my husband. Yeah. So we, I joked that like our, his dad brought us together. But yeah. um, I looked at his profile. And I was like, oh, he's kind of cute. I can tell he loves the Lord. Um, I can tell he does music, but I don't think I know him. But what's the worst that can happen? He's not going to come to Korea and kill me. Right. So you message so him? Then, there was no DMs then, so it was just comments. Okay, comments. Oh, yes. No DMs I was like, then. I couldn't help but like this picture. <laughs> yeah, no DMs then. Um, no sliding into the DMs. I was like, oh, I couldn't help but like this picture of him and his mom. And like he texted, I mean, he, you know, uh-huh. responded back and we exchanged emails started cacao talking and then that week we were like oh we're supposed to be together stop it so yeah. I knew it was kind of like this but I didn't know it was yeah. that quick yeah and then actually our only mutual friend well the only person who could vouch for him was my friend Andy Andy Shin and he was also in the singing competition oh. so if I had never been on the show I would have never met Andy and I never would have had someone vouch that this John guy wasn't a weirdo. Interesting. Wow. So January 2013, we started talking. February 2013, I met him for the first time because I flew to Atlanta. And even that like, was God's affirmation for me because I was like, okay, I need a break. We need to see each other in person to see if it's legit. I was like, does anyone have a buddy pass? And I was able to get a $500 round trip ticket to the Bay Area from Korea. And I was like, okay, I can see my mom. And John took care of my flight from San Francisco to Atlanta round trip. And then, but then I was like, you know, $500 is still a lot of money to spend on someone you don't know. I was like, if you want this for me, please make it obvious. (laughs) And as soon as I bought the ticket, someone from a pastor from the church I was going to called me and said, they're looking for a musician for this gala. And they paid me $1,000 to sing two songs. (gasps) <gasps> and so that covered my flight okay so january february i meet him in person we get engaged that week are you serious and right no ring and then i go back to korea and he's like you should be here and i'm like but i'm not gonna live with my boyfriend he's like let's get married so we get married april so we got married within four months okay and that's people- why I'm in, that's why i'm in atlanta that is so insane. And then, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's back up for a second. <laughs> I have to know. I have to know. Okay. Like, you know, you guys said we we knew we were supposed to be together, right? I mean, and honestly, even if looking back on my relationship with my current, my not my current husband, but my, <laughs> husband, <laughs> my husband, David, like, I think I knew early on too, without even yeah. really saying it. And he, we were both still really young so we were just kind of like not but you were young too right yeah I was 23 that's super young too okay but anyways so like but but was there something that happened that you were like oh this is this is it or did he say something no I mean you mean like when he asked me to marry him no even just like you're like I'm gonna go to Atlanta um I don't know we just kept talking to each other and I felt like for the first time, I met someone who 
was down to earth, was an artist, like a creative, mm. but loved the Lord. Okay. And it's really hard to meet someone who's like just right. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who are either like so godly mm-hmm. that like it kind of they kind of don't follow through with what might be their calling. I feel you for whatever reason. Yeah. And then there are artists mm-hmm. who like don't acknowledge God because they think it'll stop them from doing their calling. Interesting. Because there's a lot to work through, right? Yeah, yeah. Like as an artist, there are things that you have to really wrestle with on whether it's for your glory or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I loved that I could tell John feared the Lord, trusted the Lord, and went through his own journey. Because if I had met him any sooner, I would have been like, no, you play too much. Uh... But he went through his own reconciliation with the Lord and coming come back to Jesus moment. So really, it was God's timing, everything. Totally. And we it, we got married so fast. We didn't know what the heck we were doing. No, cause like, <laughs> no it's funny because we just have mutual friends. And then I'm, you know, friends with Minzu and John Kim. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, like, they told me that they were going to L.A. for this wedding. And I'm like, Jennifer Chung? Jennifer Chung? Like, <laughs> like is this, like, the YouTuber Jennifer Chung? <laughs> And you know, that week I visited John for the first time, I met Minsu and Nakamura for the first time too. Yeah, I mean, and okay, so, so if you don't, there's some background. So like who I'm yeah, talking yeah. about is um, Jennifer's husband's like best friend. Mm-hmm. And that's, and so that's what this like kind of like whole full circle. And they had just happening. married the December before. Yes, yes. And ever, everyone was asking him, when are you going to get married? And John's like, not for another 10 years. <laughs> I'm not surprised by the answer. I don't know John well. You're John well. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. like the little I do know of him and and just by the way, everything you're saying, the little I know about John, he is an extremely solid guy and super humble. Yeah. And I just love every time I interact with the both of you, um, just outside of wherever we see each other randomly. But um, all that to say, that is an amazing story. I'm just like, yes. Yeah, so you guys got married. And, you know, I kind of I'm curious, you know, both of you are artists, you know, what? Was that part of, like, just the connection? It had to have been, right? Like, just your love for the creativity of things? Yeah, I think that's where we really felt like God had brought us together because only we could understand the uncertainties of what that means. I'm sure him being a dude in Georgia, I'm (laughs) sure there are a lot of ladies he was interested in. Maybe they didn't give him a chance because they couldn't. He couldn't promise them stability. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And, but then for me, like, I'm used to unstable. Yeah. That is, yeah. that is normal. Yeah. But the goal we both have is to find the stability with faith in God, hard work, and teamwork. Amazing. And it's taken a long time. I love Like, we've been married eight right years now. now. Has it already been that long? Yeah, Holy eight years. Smokes. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, like four months is so fast. I'm like, yeah, I don't recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do it unless you're really sure. (laughs) 
Uh, so, okay, you guys get married, and I know that's a big chunk of your story and part of your journey up until now. You said you guys have been together for eight years, which I can't yeah. believe how time flew by. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, with this new – I mean, okay, first of all, you moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I know – my move from Atlanta to UCI to Irvine, which is like the mildest part of California, right? Like, Very mild. <laughs> was extremely like culture shocking for me. Yeah. Um, for you moving to Atlanta, was it like smooth sailing or was there some adjustment period for you? Major adjustment. At that time, like John wasn't hanging out with a lot of Korean people. And I didn't realize like my Asian privilege where I was just used to hella Asians around me yes and I and was not lived- moving to Irvine <laughs> <laughs> right right U- UCI is a joke for University of Civics and Integras or yeah. <laughs> University of Chinese Immigrants but um there's a lot of Asians and then at that time John was living with a roommate a couple roommates and they were both black I love them but I just wasn't used to doing life with more black people right mm. whether it's because I grew up in a certain part of the Bay Area or going to UC Irvine, um, a lot of people like hang out with people who are their ethnicity naturally. Yeah. yeah. But it was one of the best things that could happen to me. Like my best friend is black. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, the thing is about being with other Koreans is I don't have to have a conversation with you. And I know probably how you were raised or probably the things that you dealt with. But the goal is like, how can we expand the conversation? So it took me a long time to find people I thought I could do life with. Mm. Um, But it takes time because when you're moving to a new area, they have their day ones. But I also feel like God brought me here so that I could focus on what I had to build rather than um, just constantly being in community. Yeah, yeah. That loneliness is a part of the the serum for me. Mm. It's in my loneliest where I write music. It's in my loneliest where I can spend time with God and really think about, like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I've really been digging into your personal life, Jennifer. But, <laughs> but um, I mean, you know, you, you brought up just now just the songwriting. And in your loneliness, you that's where you kind of draw your inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... You know, for those listening that are interested in songwriting and music and things like that, like, I'm, what is that process like for you as far as writing songs? Because me, um, my husband is musical, but I am like totally not like, and so I have no <laughs> clue what that even looks like. Um, how does it look for you? And maybe even like, how does it look for you and John together? Yeah, I mean, great question. When when I was younger. I realized that the way that I would de-stress or find calmness was making up songs. I'm not very good at playing instruments, but my voice is my instrument Mm -hmm. and I would make up melodies in my head. So that's how I start. Mm. I have a melody in my head that goes with the words that I'm feeling. Mm. So I usually write a song from beginning to end myself without any instruments. It now is, I mean, I would imagine that's difficult for most people. Yeah, I think it's difficult for most people because they can play other things, which is difficult for me. I see. But for me, like, I use this as my instrument and, like, my mind from, like, probably inspirations that I've had or um, when a certain word 
sounds or feels a certain way, that's what I'm exuding. And when I came out with my album recently, like that's why Sam Ock and I work really well together because he's so talented with instrumentation too. So I could like sing him something and he'll fill it with the background music. Oh, or wow. I hear something in my head and I could sing it to him and he could fill that too. Um, for John and I, like, it's funny though, cause like our music creating process is very different. So it just shows like when we can make something, it means something, but it is really hard to work with your spouse. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can imagine. I don't try. So <laughs> we're both like untraditional when it comes to making the music that we do. Because he would say himself, like, he's not, like, classically trained or anything. Right. But he is a beat maker, and he's very disciplined in engineering. Sure. And learned everything on his own because he was a business major. Mm. And he went out of his way to study – no, create, like, study himself on how to become a music engineer and, like, make beats and was an intern at a recording studio, then promoted to nighttime manager. Wow. At a a studio called Icon where Justin Bieber recorded, Jeezy, like, all these, like, people – and that's also how we were able to communicate because he was working from 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. at the recording studio and I was in Korea. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. Yeah, so, so you never know, y'all. Yeah. Like, just pursue your dreams yeah. and then you might meet your spouse because you guys are in the same time zone. <laughs> yes. More of the story. <laughs> but yeah. Songwriting, it's always been about what am I feeling? I'm writing and finding the right people to work with. Mm. Um, is that hard finding the right people to work with? Yes. And for the longest time, I felt less than because I couldn't do everything on my own. But in the long run, I found it as a gift because one, it's very humbling if you can't do everything by yourself. And two, you're creating a community. And three, it's something so much more special when you can collaborate and find those people. I am not the type of person who wants to make music with a lot of people. And it's just because of who I am. I like small groups. I like intimate groups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to like make music everywhere with everyone. Um, but that's just a personal preference. And I think as artists, if you're out there listening, it's okay to find what works for you mm-hmm. and find your people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like think about why. Like take time thinking about why. And for me, it's because like I get really invested in people. So if I work with too many people, It'll just be too much for me. Right. Yeah. But I like playing fair. I want everything to be even. And um, another thing is the more people in the room, the more people you have to split it with. And it's already hard making money living a living doing music. Yeah. No, I I would imagine that that's kind of something that you have to consider when you're doing these things too. And um oh gosh, I was gonna ask you something, but it slipped my mind. But that's okay. Um so how do you okay so how do you go about so you come up with all these songs and then you record it and then someone produces it for you or how does that work yeah I mean either there are a few songs where I actually had a guitar and I would write it and I'd play it for somebody else so that they can make it sound better in the recording Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but nowadays like with technology you know, you could just have someone, a good producer, like produce the track with different instrumentation just off the keyboard and you record it, you got to mix it, you got to master it. And then you got to let it out there and upload it in music distribution, probably kind of like how you do your podcast. 
uh-huh. there's like services that right. upload it for you right okay okay so like there's different services and platforms and then it, it'll send it out to all the other platforms yeah gotcha. so for example one that I like to use right now is called DistroKid uh-huh. and DistroKid is really cool because if you're collaborating with other people and they have their own account they do the splits for you oh wow okay mm-hmm. so you don't even have to worry about it then right where but then like back then it wasn't like that right like you either have to come up with the money to pay someone up front or whatever that sounds stressful (laughs) yeah which was why I was like I can't afford this life so a part of my journey too is like walking away from music for a long time when I first moved to Georgia I wasn't sure if I was going to do music anymore because you were discouraged I just didn't have the community and I was like right I was like uh it's okay I need to work on my marriage anyway so I was working from home doing like some online marketing stuff. Mm. And then I worked at Lululemon as a sales associate, but they call it educator. I was an educator, but I actually really fell in love with the company. And I was there for like a year and a half. And I thought I, that's what I was going to do. But out of the blue, like I got asked to be on The Voice. And the so show? I was on the se- TV show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was on season eight of The Voice. <laughs> but even that, I was like, that came out of nowhere. And I thought I, I knew God took that as an opportunity. What do you to, mean you were asked? Like they like pursue people? Yeah, they email you and they ask you to come through. Oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people do the open call. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Some people get to like pass a few rounds. Like I got to go straight to blinds, pretty much. I didn't oh, do the wow. cattle call. I mean, I'm but- not surprised, but. No, but yeah. I was grateful because I hadn't been really doing music at that point. Okay. Maybe like a year and a half in of being in Georgia, I wasn't really doing much music. Mm-hmm. Just figuring out who I was. I was 23, 24. Yeah. I mean, that's totally normal. That's what right when I had a career change as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> and so I, but then my boss at Lululemon was like, Jennifer, just go for it. You have a job whenever you come back. Wow. You know? That, yeah. I mean, it sounds and, like you were building your own community as well there too. Yeah. And so when I went on this competition, I, I was like, oh, do I want to do this? But I was surrounded by all these talented people. And the thing is, all they wanted was a chance to be heard. And they all thought they had what it took, right? And oh. it was a reminder to me. I felt like God was challenging me. Like, do you want to squander everything you've built? Wow. Are you done? Wow. And I was like, I guess I'm not done. But I didn't get any chair turns. And I was like, why Why am I here? I was like crying. <laughs> like, this was such a waste of time. But it actually was the thing that I needed to be like, okay, maybe I'm not quite done with arts. Mm. So then soon after I quit Lululemon. And then I was trying to do YouTube again. Still a struggle. Ended up working at a startup. I was working as um, like a, oh my gosh, customer service associate. Oh man. But as soon as I got that job, I won this Delta giveaway to go to the Grammys. And Are I was you like, for real? You're like, yes. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like you're like, you know what? It's too tough, God. So I'm just going to yeah. do this for a while. <laughs> and when you're ready to encourage me. You know what to do. That's what it's like. No, it's like, all right, I guess I'm done. And then, like, he always throws a curveball, like, yeah. are you sure? <laughs> and then, but then I, I know, like, working at my startup was a huge learning experience. And it, at that time, I also got signed with my acting agent. <gasps> wow. Okay. So, um, okay. 
Just real quick. I know it's so messy. No, it's not messy. I I just want to do a good job of like you know championing championing your journey is all is is what I'm trying to do. Um, because it because each moment you know I it is it truly is like eye opening for me and to hear how hard you've worked and you being let down, but overcoming it is what I like really want to highlight because. You know that's the nitty gritty of it all. You know, I think again, just to echo what I uh, started talking about in the very beginning of our chat is like we just see the outside. You know, we don't know what really goes on in the what's really going on. And um, you know, you said you try to start YouTube up again. Um, I'm curious, like even to make a video and upload it, um, like is not something that happens in ten minutes. Right. Yeah. Like, what? Is, how? Like, how long does it take to like even just do that? Well, here's the thing. For me, I would do it in ten minutes. Okay. But that's because I don't like to try too hard. <laughs> yeah, but but then I but okay, that's no, I like that because that means it's just, um, you're putting content out there, which is sometimes what I, from what I understand, more important than. Yeah, I mean, like Gary Vee likes to say quantity over quality. Yeah. Like consistency is really important. But for me as a singer, it taught me to be a good live singer. Oh. I'm not going to do this five more times and like right. cut the perfect take. Right. I'm going to sing this and I'm going to do it once, maybe twice, three times tops, and we're going to upload it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it trained me to be like, I'm going to create this and I'm just going to upload it and just gonna let it be what it is. Oh, man. Okay. Okay, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I keep interrupting. So, I mean, like, I mean, like, even, like, getting to go to the Grammys was yeah. so bizarre. All taken care of. And I felt like God was saying, like, are you sure you're done with this again? And I'm like, I don't know. And then with my acting agency, um, oh, I'm yes. signed with an agency called People Store, which is one of the, like, OG pioneer, like, head acting agencies here in they Atlanta? do tv film mm-hmm. they do tv and film and commercial so why did you but, go with this agency like in the middle of your working at the startup like you knew you wanted so, to go back no so they found me on linkedin i don't know how they were so what happened was they were thinking of creating an influencers department okay but then in my mind i was like i'm not that much of an influencer but i guess like in terms of like Georgia YouTubers there weren't that many and um they had me come in and I was like hey I was actually a theater major could I be could I try to be represented in tv and film and commercial and they're like yeah so they had me read for them an audition and I got signed and that influencers department never happened (gasps) that is insane how does this even happen (laughs) it doesn't that's amazing So I was working my nine to five and sometimes I'd ask if I could go on certain shoots. There's this thing called industrials. Do you know what those are? No. So this is technically the commercial department, but there's huge brands that have shoots, production, like high quality ones just for internal. So I've done industrials for Home Depot, McDonald's. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes sense, so, like for their yeah. for their people, for their employees right. and stuff. Okay. Whether it's like for their huge conferences or their HR videos, their training videos, etc. 
So for a good few years, that's all the work I was getting, industrials. So nobody would see me in them unless they worked there. But you were working. Yeah. That's insane. So I, was a working, I was a working actor. And then a part of me was like, oh, that's funny. I guess this is what I suppose I'll do for the rest of my life. I'll just <laughs> do industrials here and there. Do you know the company MailChimp? Yeah. So for example, I'm a muse at um, MailChimp where like I'm a character. Like I'm one of their like um, training. When they're training their employees, I'm one of the clients. Oh, I'm their, what? Like, yeah. I, I, you know, like, so it's like things like that. Oh, wow. But no one would ever know unless you tell unless them. Unless they work there. So like randomly, I'll have friends who message me and be like, is this you? And they like just got a job at Belgium. That's so funny. That yeah. is so funny. Now that you mention it, I'm like, have I seen you somewhere? <laughs> Maybe. But um, yeah. And so like I was working at the nine to five doing that. Wasn't really doing music, but I got the opportunity to um, run social media actually for a friend's brother-in-law who was running for Democrat candidate. So that's where I started doing like social media managing for other people. Oh, wow. And then I transitioned out of my job at the nine to five and I did a Kickstarter for my album I remember and this. I was yeah and since for that like I hadn't released music for like five years or something and then I did um I, I was able to raise like sixteen thousand dollars so I could pay everyone involved fairly what they wanted and that was like the start of me doing music again and like coming mm. out with new music wow that's amazing so like um for you right now like 2021 Jennifer like like I said you do a lot of things you know acting (laughs) singing songwriting and um definitely want to talk about the life coaching at uh before we end today but um like hmm, do you have like a like a I want to be here in 10 years kind of thing yeah I want to I want to be doing what I'm doing now Mm just more experiences under my belt okay yeah I because like I would say that my husband and I have done a great job living lives as creatives being our own bosses and having stability Mm -hmm. which is a huge feat in itself Mm -hmm. um but there's always like new levels that we could unlock and when it comes to music it's up to me to release music and write Right now, I'm in the season where I feel like I'm called to do today worthy with my life of creative coaching and acting. Because in 2019, I booked my first co-star role on a TV show. Yes, I saw it. And I was like screaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thank you. I was, me too. I was screaming. Okay. it's You're talking about, wait, you you were on a few. Well, I was. So the first one was Lovecraft Country on HBO. Yes. I, did, I don't watch that one. But it's then, scary. <laughs> okay, I, that's probably why, why I won't watch it. But um, oh, the resident, yes. So the resident is like something I watch regularly, and that's I did so not funny. know you were going to be on it. And then I started watching it, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> and then I I rewound it, you know, and I was like, "No way!" <laughs> like, 
But like, you know, it's you. It's you. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check on social media right now. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, the resident, I mean, like that was a big role. It's a big role. It's a big show. And I mean, Lovecraft Country is our role. But but, um, but, you know, there are no small parts. There's only small actors. No, there are no small parts, girl. I mean, it's it's not like any of us are on The Resident, okay? (laughs) No, but I appreciate you acknowledging, like, that it isn't because I talk about it with my actor friends all the time. We we audition so many times. Mm. It takes a lot of work to get one part. Okay, so can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. Like, what does that mean? You audition for a lot of things for one small part, and I'm sure that's everyone's auditioning for this one small part, right? Yeah. So the big thing is you can, you can have an agent or you can be self-submitting. It's definitely helpful to have an agent because casting directors believe that they've done their job to find talent that they, they believe in already. Okay. So let's say, for example, the resident, the casting directors are looking for a specific character. They're, they have a description. They'll send it out to casting. They'll send it out to agencies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that represent actors. And then the TV film agents will submit the talent that they think will be right for this role. Okay. The resume and photo. Okay. From my understanding, the casting directors pretty much look at your photo, maybe glimpse on your resume and decide if they want to give you an audition. Just like they look you once over and that's it. Yeah. So that's why it's important to have a good headshot and a headshot that represents you. There's no point in your headshot looking great if it doesn't look like you. Right. So um, when you get an audition, they say, I think I saw online, it's like 5,000 people might be submitted by agencies and then maybe 20 to 50 people will get an audition. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So when you get an audition, you've already passed round one. Oh my gosh. And then sometimes you get a callback. Okay. Where you have to do another callback either with just the casting director, maybe with producers. Okay, so the audition part, you go in and then they have you read something? So they used to do more in person, but now with COVID and stuff, it's been taped. Oh. The resident, I booked off tape. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so I submitted my video that because my, my agents had already submitted for me. I got an audition and then I recorded what they wanted me to, a few takes. And then a few weeks later, I heard the news that I got it. Okay. And I have to, okay. So on the resident, it's not like you say a lot. Okay. No. But then like, how do you submit this tape? Like through actions? Like, I, like, yes. Yeah. You're pretty much like reenacting like what you imagine you'd be doing. That is so much work. <laughs> and like, so <laughs> Yeah, so you got it. You got to picture it. You got to picture it. And you, ideally, you're submitting varying takes. But my first one, Lovecraft Country, which was for HBO, uh-huh. that was in person. I auditioned in person. I had a callback in person. <gasps> and then this, for the resident, I booked off tape. Wow. But there That's are certain awesome. times where I audition, I get a callback, and I don't hear from them. Mm. Here's the thing about acting. If they don't want you, you don't hear there's no like closure there's not like we don't want never, you never <laughs> never that's why acting is very gut-wrenching you have oh. to have really thick skin 
and you have to really love it and enjoy it. Do you? I do. Oh, good. It's fun. But I think I'm able to do this because it's not my only thing that I do. Right, right. It's not like your only source of income. I think as an artist, like the biggest lie I was told personally, it's a lie to me, was that I have to be a master at one thing. And now that I'm older and I have this relationship with God, I think like, in this world, I'm never supposed to be a master. Mm. Like he is my master. Yes. I'm yes. here just doing what I love. And that's the privilege I have. But okay. also as a songwriter, as an actor, social media management, life coach, I can focus where I feel like I'm being tugged. Mm. For the clients that I have, I only take so many clients. I'm booked till the end of the year because I told myself I could only take this many clients and I'm devoted to them. Yeah. But when it comes to like songwriting and acting and stuff, like I'll take it as it comes. A little more fluid. Right now, totally. Okay. And for music too, like I technically have not released any new music this year, mm-hmm. but I've been doing music long enough where people still consider me a singer songwriter first. Yes. I Yeah. And I, and, and I do too, actually, I think in my head. Yeah. And that's my privilege because I've done the work. I've put in the time. I wrote a song. Um, I performed it a couple of times, but I just haven't recorded and released it yet. Mm. But I don't feel coupé or rushed yeah. to do it. Yeah. Because right now I really feel like God has been affirming me with acting. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. And like I, I, I had a new, a commercial that I shot not too long ago, just go live like three weeks ago. I just noticed it yesterday, like two days ago. So I uploaded it and then I'm shooting another commercial next week. I just booked another TV episode, which is really cool. And so. Oh, I'm I'm so excited for you. you (laughs) Thank you. And like for people who don't know, like when I say I got a co-star role, co-star role is five lines or less. Oh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then after from co-star, it's guest star. And, you get and more then there's recurring lines. guest star. Okay, yeah. okay. And then there's recurring guest star. And oh. then there's like recurring. I see, I see. So like, for example, I guess a guest star on The Resident would be like if you were a patient or something. Totally. You okay. got it. Okay. Gotcha. Got it. Everyone check out you The Resident. You know what? I, I'm, staying hope- <laughs> I'm, staying, I'm staying hopeful because I'm a lab tech and – you know, they, she's still working at the hospital. You yeah, never know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Man, okay. So it's been really cool, like, because, you know, also as artists, we feel like we have to find success at a young age. No. But, like, I didn't get my first co-star role until, like, four years later after I got signed with my agency. No, I'm convinced that 30s is, our, you know, that's the best, the, the best. right? Yes, yes. Yes. It really is. <laughs> Man. Well, you know, I feel like we could talk forever, but before we end our time together, Jennifer, I really do. I want to talk about your life coaching stuff because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, uh, just from your experience and everything that you've done, it seemed as though, you know, you have really been able to articulate and identify your identity as a person. Like, do you feel you're confident? Um, you know what you want and you know what it takes to get what you want. Um, so for me, it, it would be clear. Yeah, like you have the tools um, and I'm 
to hear that you're coaching people to help them through whatever it is that they need to navigate through, um, it sounds right, you know, for me. You know, I feel like, yeah, that's definitely something you should be doing it, doing. And I'm encouraged by your investment into our generation. So um, how did that even come about for you? Like, even though it makes sense to me, I don't know, were you con- like, okay, honestly, it, it seems like kind of like a big step to say, hey, sure. I have the tools you need, you know? Um, so what, what came about? Like, how did it happen? So when I booked HBO, I was physically at my heaviest weight. Really? And, and I bring this up because growing up Korean, growing up as an artist in front of people, people would make me feel insecure about my body, hmm. including my parents, including <laughs> other people's parents. And like, you know, people are always in your business. But what baffled me was like, hey, like, this has never stopped me from doing what I got to do and achieving what I wanted to achieve. Mm -hmm. And when I got HBO at my heaviest, I felt like God was saying, it's not about that. Mm -hmm. You have it. You have it, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. And if I could do that when I'm not feeling so healthy, Mm -hmm. imagine what I could accomplish when I'm healthy. And I've had health scares. I I had like found like a benign pituitary gland tumor not too long ago. Oh goodness! And like just dealing with like hormonal stuff, um, dealing with depression. But I had hired a health coach at the beginning of 2020, and that's when I learned about nutrition for the first time. And then I hired a therapist. Oh wow! Three months after that. Yeah. And I was just like in this mode of like I'm just gonna work on me unbeknownst to us it was going to be the pandemic yes Yes. and I it was just perfect timing though because I could really focus on myself and from there I was learning from a coach who was teaching me what she learned but I realized like when I was looking for coaches there weren't people who looked like me Mm. and I realized that finding a coach or a therapist is very normalized in especially white communities And we're a little behind when it comes to the Asian community. Yeah, I agree. And like, yeah, I learned a lot from my white coach. But I think there's a lot that people can learn also from an Asian coach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was like looking into it and um, becoming a coach is not something that's actually regulated by one one group. There's like a bunch of accreditation that you could get. But at the end of the day, like think about like who coaches like basketball teams in high school or whatever um they're just people who are rooting for you yeah and having like relations with you Mm -hmm. and as someone who still works with my therapist to this day I don't work with the coach anymore like the difference is like when I have my therapy session I'm like see you next month (laughs) whereas for my my coaching it would be like chiming in like what's going on how are you today Mm. checking in and being more flexible with that and finding a game plan. And so I decided like, I want to offer what I have available to me. And I want to be there for people to um, let them know if I could do it, you could do it too. Yeah, for sure. And And it's not like I have everything figured out, but let's figure it out together. And also let's normalize asking for help. And 
with coaching and stuff, like, you know, everything costs money, like even with therapy. But when you believe that it's going to work out, it's a very worthy investment. Mm -hmm. So for me, like hiring my health coach was not cheap, but I learned things that will take me on forever. Mm -hmm. And now I have my own clients. Mm -hmm. That's good. But I think a lot of times we're afraid to invest in ourselves and I'm trying to normalize that. Yeah, no, it's definitely not something I think culturally that we're used to, right? Asking for help <laughs> or mm-hmm. telling people that we need help and or like saying this is difficult. This life is challenging, right? We're just supposed to be overcomers and grit our teeth and just move forward sometimes. And I um, I hope that is changing, but I, I love that your heart is to normalize hey, let's do this together, not by ourselves. Um, yeah. Which is, I think, is a humbling place to be, um, but also, like, such a, a great place to have a community that believes in you. I um, mean, it seems like that is that is the goal of, of Today Worthy in itself and what I've seen so far, and I am so excited. You know, I will say, I think it... it Mm, if I can be like fully transparent, um, yeah. you know, I think the, pl- like the, what do I say? Like the platform that you've created, right. And also who you are and the transparency that you have with people through your social media, through YouTube or whatever it is, allows um, an open door for other women to come in and say, Hey, you know what? This girl is so real and doesn't hide the fact that she has challenges and struggles or needs help. Not only does she ask for it or tell people, like she she overcomes and she does what she says she's going to do. And I think for that alone is like, it's. I mean, that would, that would be why I would sign up, you know, like as a client, because you put in the work first. And I think the example you've set for a lot of people here in Atlanta um, has been huge. So I'm, I'm super thankful that you're part of this community here in the South now. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And a part of it is like when I have a win, it feels like a win for my clients too. Yeah. Because yeah. we're walking through this together. Yeah, yeah. And I always say like, especially for my clients that are of Asian descent, I'm always telling them, I'm giving you permission, not that you need permission from me, but in case you needed to verbally hear it from somebody else, it's okay to do this. Mm. It's okay to do that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it starts with like creating boundaries so that you could do what you got to do. Yeah, that's good, man. Oh gosh, again, I feel like we could talk forever. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> but um Me too. Okay, well, I always ask all of my guests before we end our time together, um, if you have any advice. You've given a lot of great advice, but like, let's be, I guess, more specific. Um, anyone, do you have advice for anybody that is thinking about uh, going into um, uh, a music career or pursuing that or an acting career in particular? Sure. So a lot of putting yourself out there is the fear of rejection, right? Whether it's like, no one's going to listen to my songs. I'm never going to book that role. I haven't heard back from this casting director. Um, People aren't reposting my songs. (laughs) But 
a part of the reason why I named my life and creative coaching business today worthy is because I want people to know like you are worthy today mm-hmm. even before someone co-signs like yeah I I think I like this song or like yeah you know what you are deserving of my compliments and my praise mm-hmm. you don't need that you need to know that yeah. and everyone else has the privilege of experiencing your art because you're sharing something very vulnerable and most people are not willing to do that because they're afraid of judgment. But you are putting yourself in a position where you will be judged. Mm -hmm. But if you already know that you're worthy today, that might hurt a little bit, but it's not going to be the thing that stops you. Yeah. That's so good. That's really good. I need to hear that myself. (laughs) Yeah. And you're doing an incredible job with this podcast. Like I I got to listen to a few episodes. I have so much more to listen to because I didn't know like a lot of these jobs even existed. It's like such a different world for me outside of the creative world too. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you. Yeah. And everything is of value. And we need to hear that there are other opportunities that people can have. But the biggest thing is you have to be willing to do things that people aren't willing to do if you want to do those things. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, you know, listening to everything today that you said, and um, I, for me, it's like, man, a lot of it is putting yourself out there. And if you're not willing to do that, right, and then um, because it's from you're going to be criticized you know what I mean like that would be that would be me I I don't like rejection I think even sometimes I get scared to ask people to do interviews with me because I'm like I just don't want them I just don't want them to say no (laughs) you know and so but but yeah it's putting yourself out there and being bold and what you said yes I love it just knowing today um you are worthy and if you have uh faith in Jesus, knowing who you're worthy in God, um, is just really the only thing, nothing can stop you after that, right? Like if you know who that, what that means to you. So, um, yeah, something that John always says is like, it it was never supposed to get this far, right? We were supposed to just be in harmony, worshiping God. It's gotten this far. So everything is a privilege. Like us getting to do music, us getting to create, all of this is extra. Yeah, yeah. That's puts a, like my entire life into perspective. Yeah, it's, it's a good reminder. Yeah, it's yeah. a good reminder for me. Yeah, for sure. Man, Jennifer, um, thank you so much for your thank investment you. today. Like I am so grateful for your story and your journey. I know you're a busy woman. But I have to ask. It's because of the house. No, 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 no. But I mean, we just heard your life and it's busy. Okay. But, but, um, you know, if there is anybody maybe interested in, um, anything you said today, would you be okay with me connecting you maybe through email or something if they have any questions? Yeah. I mean, you can always find me on social media. Um, and if you're, curious about being part of like a safe community of people who are wanting to do and pursue new things in their life like I have a private community for Today Worthy we have our own discord so you could just go to like todayworthy.com to find out more about it or go to patreon.com slash todayworthy and we are basically in community and we have our own discord and we get on monthly calls together and if there's any like workshops or anything that 
I'm hosting, like all my members always get to be a part of it. So um, yeah, if you have any questions, let me know. Awesome. That's awesome. I'll have, I'll have to get that information for you from you and um, post it somewhere. Um, yes, please. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Jennifer. You guys, thanks so much for your time today. Uh, if you have any questions or are interested in the episode today, feel free to DM me or email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com and I'll get you to the right people, connect you to Jennifer, of course. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank Bye. you. Bye.